1: Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Sienna Jakel, And
4: I'm Liana Holston.
1: And welcome to Tossed Popcorn, the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time. The very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition.
4: This podcast is a safe space... <laughs> For people who don't know anything about movies. <laughs> Today, we're watching 2001: A Space Odyssey. How? Oh. Oh. How? Oh. How? Oh! Number 15 on the AFI list. Warning there will be spoilers about this out of this world film. Any content warning? Like, it sucks. (laughs) Wait, this is great. I have a new segment that I want us to try. The segment I want to try is called What I Think You Thought. (laughs) She is bouncing of it down. Wait, like, what what we thought that they would think of this? Sienna, here is what I think you thought about 2001, A Space Odyssey. I think you were probably confused and maybe angry about it, but I also think you maybe loved the visuals. So you weren't that mad overall. I also could see you enjoying it as art, and then I'm curious if you spotted the unnecessary boobs. That's what I think you thought. Okay, I'm gonna cry. Oh my god, she knows
0: me so well.
4: <laughs> oh my god, you are crying.
1: Oh no. The only thing you got wrong was that I, um, I did not like it overall. <laughs> Okay, this is a great question. I wish I could have been more prepared for it. But at the beginning, the stuff that was really boring to me, I wondered if you would like it because it was almost like war. <laughs> it was sort of like international relations and... Uh, Wait, the monkeys? No, no, not that early on. Oh. And then the part that I actually, like, I have no idea how you're going to feel. Ooh. And this, I was wondering, this exact thing, was the ending. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Well, now let's hear what we originally, before watching the film, thought it would be about in our predictions segment. Okay. First, let's do Liana. Okay. Good morning, Sienna. It's Liana. I'm about to watch 2001, A Space Odyssey. I, all week, have been telling people I freaking hate this movie, and then just last night, I realized I was talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind. This one, I don't think I've seen, but I know there's like a computer in it who's like, I can feel my mind going, Dave? I don't think it's going to be good. I hate when men go to space. And then apparently there's a bunch of monkeys too. All right. Love you. Bye. I'm already so
1: excited because um, (laughs) the only thing I thought I knew about this movie came from you, which is you talked about how he piles up the mashed potatoes.
4: (laughs) And so the whole time I was like, when are there going to be mashed potatoes? I I can only apologize for gaslighting you (laughs) into thinking there would be potatoes. (laughs) No, it was so funny.
1: And then you'll kind of find them like I
4: sort of (laughs) saw some potatoes sometimes. (laughs) 2001, through the potato lens. (laughs) All right, Sienna, let's hear your prediction.
1: Hello, Liana. I'm about to watch 2001, A Space Odyssey, Quite soon. Oh. I can see here on my TV screen that it is two hours and 25 minutes young. Okay. And I'm guessing it's about space yeah. based on context clues. Smart. Also, I'm predicting that this movie goes... Wow. At least once. Wow. Also, I'm watching this movie at my brother's apartment, and he set it up for me downstairs, and there's just one chair, (laughs) like five feet, in front of this (laughs) little monitor that I'm going to be watching it on in the basement, and something (laughs) just feels like an eerie omen. It feels like some sort of foreshadowing. I hope I get to hear somebody go, we come in peace. (laughs) And um, besides that, I'm just hoping that it's at least in color. All right. I love you.
0: Oh, Goodbye.
1: Yay. I actually really did not know anything about this
4: film. I fully thought there were going to be aliens. You watched this in the most unhinged setup. Actually, I don't know what I'm talking about because I watched it on my laptop while my internet was not really working in my bathroom. In your bathroom? (laughs) Listen, I have a a monitor set up, but my Wi-Fi was so slow and I was getting ready for work while watching the movie. So I had to take it with me into the bathroom while I was like brushing my teeth. And so much of this I experienced very pixelated while moving a laptop around my apartment. Okay, so pretty much the exact opposite experience of mine, which was as close to the IMAX as you can get in One's Home. But both of us, absolutely insane. (laughs) Like, neither of us watched a film the way you're supposed to watch a film. Well, Sienna, if you could, I would love to hear you give a summary of 2001 (laughs) A Space Odyssey. Okay, everybody. Just to be clear, this movie, it's very long. Two and a (laughs) half hours. Feels
1: quite long. And... Very few things happen, so I just decided to just tell you literally everything that goes down. Yeah,
4: this will not take long.
1: 2001 A Space Odyssey, as I, Sienna, understood. Yeah. Mankind. (laughs) Just kidding. What happens is, first, monkeys find a big rectangle. And then, presumably later, humans find a big rectangle. Mm -hmm. Then, astronauts disable Siri Or more specifically, evil Siri. (laughs) Or more specifically, the supercomputer, Hal, on their ship. Then, the final astronaut named Dave Dave. travels through a series of desktop screensavers into a stupid little room. (laughs) A dumb,
4: stupid, little, decorative, cold room. The worst room I've ever seen, I would say. That
1: made me just want to blow my top. And he sees himself at several life stages, and then floats into the sky as a big baby.
4: The end. What does it mean? Nothing. Other things to know, it's a very huge production. There are spectacular displays of
1: futuristic space technology. It's in color. But also, it's sort of like sonically in black and white. Oh my
4: god. Okay, that's incredibly smart as a thing to say. Thank
1: you. Wow. It's because
4: she pushed one bang to the side.
1: Um, here's one. Here's two. <laughs> there were just sometimes where there were silences or they just isolated one sound. And that seems like the sound design equivalent of like a film boy putting something in black and white. A hundred percent.
4: They're like, I'm going to make it quiet sometimes. Yeah. Um, when the character dies, there's going to be no
1: sound. I couldn't believe how much I had missed yeah. about this. Like the zeitgeist had given me nothing about this until mm. when Hal came on. I was like, oh, Wally. It's like the
4: one in...
0: Oh, my wall. God.
4: <gasps> Sienna, would you care to learn some of the history behind 2001 A Space Odyssey?
2: Wee, oui, yeah. We oui,
4: here we go. <laughs> 2001 A Space Odyssey was released in 1968. It did not go well when it came out. What? Uh-huh. One-sixth of the New York premiere audience walked out of the theater during the film Which I love. That is such a vibe. Wait, why? Why? Because you saw the film. (laughs) It's fucking insane. The only reason I thought this film could possibly be loved is because I'm like, well, at the time, they must have been so into it. Okay, we will get there. Okay. Um, Many who stayed at the 2001 premiere, who didn't walk out of the film, jeered. They jeered it. What is? Can you do an impression of jeering? Yeah. Yeah like not cheering it's jeering <laughs> i wish our listeners could have seen the rapid the rapidity of your mouth going <laughs> but later stoned audiences flocked to this moving <laughs> it's very clearly made for being high oh a thousand percent And so it made a ton of money that year. It was like maybe the highest grossing film MGM had ever put out, I think, at that point. Okay. That's fun. Because I did predict. I was like, I have a feeling. This is the 60s. This is also the highest movie I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. This would have been... (sighs) Yeah. The movie was made by Stanley Kubrick and Arthur C. Clarke. Kubrick was (laughs) stressed during this film because he was worried that... In real life, IRL Space Exploration was going to find aliens before his movie came out. (laughs) And he tried to like patent the concept of finding aliens or he was like, what would the cost be for like owning this? And lawyers were like, literally astronomical. (laughs) Wait. He was stressed about aliens and then wasn't stressed because he was afraid of like what that would do to his Earth. No, he was stressed about what it would do to his film release. What the fuck? He was like, no, I'm doing aliens. NASA can't also do aliens right now. That is not good for my brand. Arthur C. Clarke, Kubrick's co-worker, was a gay astrophysicist and the best sci-fi writer of his time. Wow. There was a lot of tension between the two of them. because Sexual. I wish. Because they started writing a novel to figure out the plot of the film. They were like, we'll put it in novel form first, which seems to me bananas. Oh, it was not a book first? No. They were writing it as a book to figure out the plot of it, which is so stupid because there's no plot. Uh, anyway... There was tension because eventually Kubrick was like, you know what, actually, I don't want this book to be published before the film comes out because I don't want my audience to know the plot of my film. And Clark was like, my guy, this is literally how I'm going to get paid is by selling this novel. And Kubrick was like, no, 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 no. A bit of a timeline of space exploration. Okay. Because I was I was like, wait, how much do we know about space when this movie came out? Because it seems like maybe nothing, but maybe a lot. Once again, the movie came out in 1968. In October of 1957, the Soviet Union launched their satellite Sputnik into space. This was the whole space race thing. The Soviets beat us. We were like, no. And then in January of 1958, a few months later, the U.S. launched their satellite Explorer One into orbit. In February of 1966, a Russian spacecraft is the first to land on the moon. In June of 1966, the U.S. eventually got there and they're were like, we're here as well. We put a spacecraft on the moon too. And then in June of 1969, nice, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were the first men on the moon. Wow. So this came out before they were on the moon. Before a man hit the moon. So that's kind of where we were at spatially. (laughs) Finally, a bit about The Odyssey, which is a Greek epic poem by Homer. Sienna's (laughs) dropped and the light left her eyes a little bit. (laughs) and That's fine. I'm going to power through. (laughs) Uh,
2: uh.
4: It is the companion poem to the Iliad. It's from the 8th century BCE, and it's about Odysseus trying to get home to Ithaca after the fall of Troy. It takes him fucking forever. It's like a nightmare where you're trying to get somewhere, but you can't get there because stuff keeps coming up. And the way that it's related is, Kubrick said of his film's title, quote, It occurred to us that for the Greeks, the vast stretches of the sea must have had the same sort of mystery and remoteness that space has for our generation. Space. Space. Science. Science. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Can I ask you, do you
1: care about space? Oh, Liana, Liana, Liana. No.
4: Yeah, I don't care about space.
1: I think we've talked about this offline before. Offline. I have more to say about that once we
4: go to phone notes. Oh, yeah. This is our segment, Phone Notes, where we talk about the notes that we took on our phones while watching this film as we watched it separate from one another.
1: All of my notes were just sort of... My brain lashing out,
4: trying to process what I was seeing. Yes. I'll give um, a quick timeline of the film. It starts in prehistory, and it says the dawn of man. Then it jumps. It's basically three thirds of a film, which is to say a film. It jumps from the dawn of man to, does it give the year? I guess 2001, one has to assume. And then it cuts to 18 months later (laughs) for the third part of it. Sienna looks so confused. Normally (laughs) she'll like nod along and be like, I also watched this. I am not getting that at all (laughs) from you. (laughs) I'm sorry. Wait, when did they say
1: 18 months had passed?
4: Oh my gosh. Okay. This is right after the men take a selfie with the obelisk Mm -hmm. or the monolith. And then it starts screaming. And then they say (laughs) 18 months later. And I was like, huh? It's like a series of short stories almost. It is. Let's go to monkeys. Let's start with the monkeys. In the beginning a little Bible reference for you, Sienna. Thank you. These monkeys, they are hanging out. They're eating berries. It's also, I wrote, I was like, this is not a movie. This is a slideshow. I thought at first
1: it was going to be just this. And I was like, okay, I get it. This is the first like March of the Penguins. Right. You thought it was a documentary? Yeah. I thought it was going to be sort of like a nature. And I'm like, okay, this
4: is a high movie for high people. But you knew those were people in monkey suits, right?
1: I did know that because I hated that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
4: i also learned from the reading i didn't get anything from this movie i didn't understand the purpose of this monolith i was like they surely they will explain it at the end and this will all have been worth my time no but in the reading of it they were like the monolith apparently appears to each section of history where like an evolution happens did you know this
1: i was talking to my roommate about this and she took a class that my brother also took actually at stanford about this and they did talk about that that it's like oh each time it shows up it's making humankind evolve again, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, now knowing that, that's actually that's not true,
4: right? That's, no, and that's the that's thing. a lie. It makes it, no, it doesn't explain the movie at all. It only explains why the monkeys switch from eating berries to eating raw taper <laughs> taper meat. That's what happened. I thought I was
1: just the only thing I remember them doing was hitting a bone with bone.
4: See, that's where I was like, what the fuck? But in my reading, they were like the monolith evolves them to the point that they, like, learn how to use tools. Tools. And they they learn murder, I guess.
1: (laughs) Even Dumb Dumb Me got that, but the fact that it was attached to... No, no, not about the obelisk, though, or the the monolith. The fact that the monolith inspired that at all is like, what? Uh,
4: Yeah. I also really knew more about the monolith from... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when Mike TV is going through a bunch of different TVs and the Wonka bar appears as the monolith in 2001. So there's a bunch of monkeys hopping around the Wonka bar. Oh my
1: gosh! I was like, why do I recognize this? I feel like this was like memed somewhere. Not only that, but I also thought about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory so many times throughout this movie. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, also... Mm -hmm. The very first...
4: The last part's the only part I ever get right. Just want you to know, she maintained eye contact with me for all of that. That is
1: the very first second of the movie. And that happens, and I'm like, why do I feel like that could have been it?
4: Mm-hmm. Like We're about to see this whole movie, but I have a feeling that they could have just wrapped it up with that. The music was the best part of it. Most of the music was the blue Danube. Okay, I recognize the music. I don't. I didn't know the names. You this is the most haunted recording we've ever done because this is the most times I've said something and gotten nothing back from me. <laughs> I'm waiting f- for you to just say more. I feel like I'm on a hinge date. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is terrifying.
1: We gotta read some ads. Dum, 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 dum.
2: This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption.
4: We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to
2: flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's a lot happening these days. Um, and then when they got to the space stuff, I was like, this is a, reductive and binary for me to say, but it was just like the dance of the boys. Ah! It was like all <laughs> wheels, no eyes. <laughs> They're just showing the curves of the space station. And uh. The music is playing as it's like, think about how deep and dark and big space is. And I'm like, no,
4: I don't want to. I actually, i good. I'm good. i good. I'm good on that. I wonder if men like space because it's the only place where they can't take up all of the space. Because it's the only thing that they recognize to be infinite.
1: <laughs> like, wait, that's so big and empty I, I can't bone that. <laughs> but I will try. <laughs> so this movie, I think, can be classified as dumb fucking art. Yes. One thousand percent. I was thinking that while watching it. <laughs> this is another thing that a guy made and then is everybody's like, oh! Uh, mm-hmm. So good because he, you know, made it silent sometimes or whatever. Um, what I will give this movie that I would not give to, say, Raging Bull. Raging Bull. The thing about this one is at least this one tried. All right. Mm. There was music, there were amazing production elements Mm -hmm. you know like there were very very cool space technologies Mm -hmm. and clearly a lot of people worked on this film this was clearly not just Kubrick yeah you know so at least it put in any effort to make this like a movie instead of just doing black and white and then like jizzing all over itself yeah you know yeah but unfortunately it's an unwatchable film it's (laughs) first of all 2258 is the first time any humans speak yeah just to be clear. And right above that,
4: five minutes before I had to take
1: a nap. Right before that, I
4: wrote in all caps, this absolutely sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know about the monkeys before the movie? No. Oh, wow. I didn't. (laughs) That must have been shocking. I was was so shocked for so much of this film. (laughs) Because it's also, these days, if you were to hear like, oh, it's called a space odyssey, it'd be like, oh, it's probably Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, People bopping around with a bunch of kooky characters and costumes in space. And then you're hit with the dawn of man and a monkey hitting the shit out of another monkey. Also, can we talk about how much that taper bounced? Tell me more. It's like intercut with the monkey learning how to use tools and figuring out how to do murder. Oh, it boing, (laughs) boing bounced. (laughs) Yeah. Why is it bouncing? I don't know. Also, I was like, were they trying to do that to imply that it was getting murdered without showing violence but like bouncing a taper down a hill is violence against that taper i don't think that was an okay creature by the end of that sequence
1: yeah i need to be clear about something real quick because i don't want to just say like oh this movie sucks the reason that this movie was so unpleasant or why it made me so freaking mad Mm. is because it didn't make any sense no like that, it's a perfect example. Why is a taper falling down at the same time as this intercut with a monkey
4: smacking things around? They, uh, what? I'm gonna say something that people are not gonna like. Okay, this movie was lazy storytelling. It was a very, very, very lazy movie. So lazy. Oh, I. The first thing I wrote down, honestly, I think before the movie even started, was thinking the world will automatically be better in 2001 without you doing any work is such a male thing i also read when they showed the future uh, that's one thing that this movie does is like show the future a lot what they imagine the future would be like yeah i'm
1: just like lol how whenever they showed the future in like the mid-century or later
4: they never pictured other groups having more rights (gasps) like it's still all white men in a different more expensive location (laughs) yeah i'm like wow so the women are still
1: serving everybody and there's literally no people of color Uh, anywhere no like Not even when there's all these different countries coming around here. They're all white countries. I know. You can't picture anyone
4: else. That's not how you see progress happening. This is the 60s. (laughs) It should be happening. (laughs) They were like, in 2001, women will still have nothing to do. Men will still be bad fathers. Do you remember when the guy was like, sorry, sweetie, I can't come home for your birthday. I'm on the moon. Yeah. And then the girl's like, I want a phone for my birthday.
1: (laughs) Which I was like, okay. Predicting the
4: future. All right, we'll give them that one. But the thing with this movie that really pissed me off was that they don't explain it. And Kubrick afterwards was like, I'm not gonna explain what this means to me. Like, you figure it out. And that, I'm like, no, no. You're you you just tell us now. You explain why there's a fucking monolith and why it's floating through some guitar hero ass visuals (laughs) to turn a man into a fetus. How dare it, how dare this film. And it's like, I don't have time to interpret this i have a full-time job like i had to leave this movie and go to an office you can't do this in film people have to get on with their damn days
1: okay so then those guys the bad dad discovers the other monolith on a on the moon
4: yeah okay this bad dad his name is like dr floyd and he goes to i guess the moon and gives a speech and he's like Hey, everyone. Oh, but before that, he he has like a very cryptic meeting with a man in a space hotel. And he's like, no, nothing's wrong up there. But the man is like, we literally haven't heard from these people in 10 days. And the guy's like, I'm actually not at liberty to discuss. Then he goes and gives the speech on the moon to the people who they nobody's heard from. And he's like, we have to keep it a secret. But like, what are they keeping a secret? The epidemic on Clavius? Thank you. So So many parts of this could have been interesting. Maybe there's like, uh, something interesting going on on a cool place called Clavius. Yeah. Also, I-,
1: I wrote that down. I listened. I went back and I wrote that down because I was like, well, this probably is something that's going to come back and and he's giving something to his
4: audience. mm I feel like an idiot. mm I felt so... D- it was like the beginning of Avatar, but stupid and worse. I also... Having a meal that you have to consume entirely with straws would be so embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I cannot imagine being a professional man and then being like, now off I go to sip my entree.
1: That's where I thought the mashed potatoes might come
4: in. (laughs) I am am so sorry again. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about when the soundtrack just became Windy Men? Okay, so
1: first of all, we need to say we transition away from the first part with the bad dad. That was just a lot of show and space technology and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, kind of cute. All right. Eh. The Windy Men is when they go see the monolith with the bad dad who's on the moon for his daughter's birthday. And then all the guys take a selfie with it. But as they're approaching the monolith, the soundtrack is exclusively like a bunch of dudes going,
0: <gasps> Wait, ah, you know going ah, when they were going, <gasps> <laughs>
4: <laughs> And I was like, this is so, this movie of men making a space film because the Wizard of Oz did like a beautiful housewife singing reveal when she enters <laughs> into Oz. And this was the the polar opposite it was such a worse version of it and i was like this is why i hate when men make films because that's how it feels the whole time it's just windy men being loud i was laughing a lot of that part actually i was like what is happening <laughs>
1: Okay, I'd like to move to the Space Boys because oh, this is the first time I actually sort of tuned into the movie. Yeah. Before that it was
4: an it was absolute hell for me yeah and all I all I wrote was like what? It, it feels like something that would play on the wall of a, sta- a space museum.
1: I, I was thinking about this. I actually thought a good use for this movie would be to play be playing at like the back of a club or something mm-hmm. so that when your friend starts making out with somebody then you can look up at the the wall and have something to look at. Thank you. But this is the first time that there are, like, more people who talk
4: to each other. Yeah. And now that there's people talking to each other, even though it was mostly talking to the supercomputer. Yes. The spooky red eye, who we do not meet until minute 54. Oh, man. (laughs) Um,
1: Also, there's some fun space technology. Again, there's sort of a spy kid, sort of, the food comes out
4: all hot. And I also, aesthetically, it really kicked up a notch here, too. At the very beginning, they're introducing, like, who's on the ship. And it's two awake boys, Frank and Dave, and then three people who've been, like, Frozen in, in time, yeah. yeah. And the line is, "This is the first time that men have been put into hibernation." And I was like, "Maybe let's do it again." So there's uh, Hal, the supercomputer who they're
1: trusting. He's the one who's like the Siri for their ship, basically. I'm first sorry, of all, Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that. First of all, there's Dave. He okay. is introduced <gasps> running a big old jog around this hamster wheel of a space station mm-hmm. situation. He's also. <gasps> Punching. What while is he, he training
4: for? Why is he punching the air while jogging in these teeny tiny white shorts? We'll hear about this in my badges section. Uh, mine too. <laughs> okay, this might be off the record, but I did write, okay,
1: an anti-gravity punching jog, semicolon, I am horny though.
4: Yeah, it, it, it works for some reason. I felt aggressed during this film. First of all, by two good butts being presented to me that I cannot access. And then second, Dave can fucking draw? I wanted to talk about this drawing with you. I was so mad. Why can everyone draw, but I cannot? Did I miss a meeting? So basically, the supercomputer is like, Dave, I see you've been
1: drawing. And Dave's like, yeah, yeah, you want to look at my drawings? And then he goes through and he goes, here's my friend sleeping, um, here's my friend sleeping, um here's my friend sleeping and here's my other friend sleeping they're all the same picture from different angles because there's only one thing to draw
4: but they're all really good no they are really good yeah also Mal wants to bone dave that's definitely why he got rid of frank yeah okay we have to talk about getting rid of frank the the comedy peak of the movie <laughs> Two idiots try to do space espionage, and it doesn't work, because the robot is way smarter than them. And then Frank goes out to, like, fix the thing. It doesn't matter. But... (laughs) Dave is inside the ship, and he sees, in silence, a teeny tiny man twirling through the galaxy, (laughs) completely (laughs) untethered, which is how I felt for this entire film. And then... Dave goes out to get him in his little pod with his claws and And he grabs on to Frank, comes back and then Hal is like, I'm afraid I can't open the doors for you, Dave. So then Dave's like, okay, fine. I'll open through the emergency hatch. And then Dave has to soft launch Frank (laughs) into space. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so funny.
1: It was very silly. And the silence, too, sort of just highlights him going like,
4: (laughs) It was so stupid.
1: Also, we have to mention that there is like, that is also sandwiched by scenes of
4: just... (gasps) I could sum up this film in two word chunks, which are music continues, (laughs) breathing heavily. (laughs) That's like most of the second half of the film.
1: And so much breathing. It was the original ASMR moment for about 15 full minutes as he goes to check on a thing. And then the result is that he's like, yeah, there was nothing wrong. (laughs) And those are like, I get that's cool. But you gotta admit, Kubrick, like, you could have cut it down. Here's what I would like to say to this movie is just, all right, we're good. We got it. We're good. All right. you You did it.
4: You did it. That was great. We got it. We get it. Good effort, Stan. Space. I get it. Yeah. I also, I knew the robot was evil, so there wasn't any suspense. <laughs> he was immediately evil also. Yeah. I also am going to say, Dave did not seem to care that he had to soft lodge Frank into deep space. These m- characters and movies aren't sad. Was part of the Hays Codes, like, men cannot exhibit emotion?
1: Honestly, that's very possible. I would believe
4: that. What did you think of they, the
1: scene? The. That scene? Yeah. I do remember being pretty high on the aesthetics at this time. Mm. So they're turning off Hal, and Hal starts forgetting his programming, (laughs) and then he sings a song. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was stupid. He, like,
4: devolves, (laughs) I think is the premise of it.
1: But we... The thing is, okay, I the movie with hal had been like 30 minutes long Uh it wasn't the movie it wasn't the whole movie i wasn't attached to anybody here because it's like a a vignette within Mm -hmm. the entire film so Mm -hmm. it hadn't been a big build-up i would have loved if this movie had only been hal and the astronauts that would have been a really cool movie i don't know why they didn't do that (laughs) why didn't they do that i know
4: she's looking at me like i have the answers (laughs) Liana, hello? Dave, I don't know what to tell you. I think it's because they just let men make kind of anything in the past. And they're like, sure. I can feel my mind going, Dave, to get a snack. We'll be right back.
0: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels
2: in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy.
2: My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it
3: I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different
0: aspect of my life now.
3: So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. Shall we move on to the end? Part three, Jupiter Ascending, starring Channing Tatum. So remember, I was like, you know what? This movie is kind of looked up. I'm loving everything that I'm seeing, all these
1: cute food technologies and such and pretty mm-hmm. colors. And then
4: Dave yep. gets launched. Dave shuts down Hal. And then the ship gets absolutely yeeted toward Jupiter. And then they kind of, he kind of goes through a lava lamp I was into it. Wait, they also do another Wally thing. When Hal gets shut down, a screen like blips to life and the guy from the past, this bad dad is like, "Hey boys, you- let me explain everything that's going on and why." I g- I get why they made Wally because they're like, "How could we make this movie
1: actually good?" Oh my god. He gets launched through this world of color. Again, I was into it, though it was very long. It would be really fun high. It really would. Here's what I thought. As I was watching that, the the colorful lava lamp Time I was like, if this movie just ends right now, I'm going to be annoyed because this doesn't make any sense.
4: (laughs) Little Little did you know it was going to get way worse.
1: Liana, I I feel like just take it away. Okay, yes.
4: So Dave plays Guitar Hero for 20 minutes and then arrives at Versailles.
1: (laughs) It's like Versailles meets the portal, if anybody plays Portal, the room that you wake up in that's like a cold blank white room with ornate decorated furniture
4: it's so what the fuck it's so stupid it's so unbelievably like incomprehensible also this is why you shouldn't cast only white men in your films is they were trying to say that like oh my gosh dave aged by getting to jupiter because he's like an older man in the suit but i just thought that that was the bad dad from earlier in the film
1: Literally everybody looked the same. I kept confusing them also. I had no idea. So Dave gets to this room and his pod is in there too. Yeah. Huge pod next to his bed. And then all of a sudden he's on the other side of the room and then the pod is gone. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Is yeah. this going to get we abstract? A, yeah. Then he looks in the mirror and his skin is wrinkled. And I'm like, I guess because he went really fast. I know.
4: <laughs> flapped up. That's a, also what I, I was like, does space age you? Like, I know zero gravity's not good for your body. I thought
1: it was the opposite. I thought it was like time kept passing, but you stayed, you know. Then he looks to the side, (laughs) and he sees he sees a man with white hair from the back who seems to be eating a meal. And the man turns around slowly. He turns and oh, surprise! It's Dave's face, but older again. Then he He looks to his bed, and he sees an even older man. So old. Bald. Literally, Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Wrinkled scalp, wrinkled face, in his bed. And then, Dave, old, wrinkled, bald Dave, in the bed, looks forward and... Can you guess what's there? But a freaking big, black rectangle. And then...
4: The baby. <laughs> the fetus.
1: Remember the bubble with Glinda? Uh-huh. <laughs> in Wizard of Oz? It's like that except for instead of a,
4: a good witch in there, it's Dave is a fetus. This, is, this movie is like, what if we took a movie that was good and had women in it and we made it in space and bad? I wrote down, I was like, a fetus? I didn't think this movie could get worse and then it did.
1: You can't imagine. My jaw is on the floor. Mm-hmm. I am... Aghast! The I office. yelled,
4: "What!" Aloud.
1: That baby also looked a fuck ton like Dave, and that is another moment of I this think film. It's to it is, oh. but okay, you don't understand drawing, but that's <laughs> it's crazy to me. What are you gonna say? <laughs> I'm about to say that. Well, you don't ever, you're never astounded by any production moments because you're like, yeah, the movie did it. <laughs> Liana, this is 1968. I don't know how they made this look just like him. This they don't have CGI,
4: but they could draw. Would you be able to draw no.
1: that? <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard to drawing put that into a, a movie. But isn't that higher? Just a drawing of a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it
4: looked like a large fetus floating towards Earth. Right. It
1: was in 1968!
4: I really have no idea. I don't know. I mean, okay. I think building a spaceship would also be hard, and they did that for this movie. Exactly. But why
1: also, is it I fetus? think this...
4: They- <laughs> also, why did they draw it so scary? If, right. if they were going to draw anything, even if it had Dave's face, it didn't have to look fucking terrifying. They could have at least made it like, like, I'm a little babe. I'm the dawn of boys.
1: Okay. What I was going to say mm. is it looked so much like Dave. That is impressive. This is yet another time where this movie where Kubrick just like doesn't get where his strengths lie. It's like, listen... The lighting in this scene, the the symmetry of this shot, that was pretty cool, mm. bro. Stick to that. Yeah, you found an artist who made this guy look exactly like Dave. Like, stick to that, bro. Like, make a movie about babies, maybe. Like, don't make this. This was this was not the right use of your skills. Like,
4: fully stay in your lane, my guy. Yeah. I want to hear your last like few notes of, of on your page. <laughs> <laughs> My last three notes, literally the last three bullet points are, why did they make the fetus so ugly? The fetus look to camera is far scarier than Norman Bates is. And no post credits scene because I stayed through the entire T of the blue Danube for the millionth time to see if somebody was going to pop up and be like, by the way, this is what the monolith was all about. Like the psychiatrist at the end of Psycho? Yeah. When a guy comes out and says, "All right, okay. I'm going to explain to you everything that went down. The author couldn't figure out a better way to wrap this all up. So now I'm here." Honestly, I would have been grateful for it this time. Like even at the end of Citizen Kane, they show you what Rosebud is. This is like if Citizen Kane happened and then by the end we were like, "Wait, what the fuck was Rosebud?" <laughs> even though it was a stupid sled, at least they told us. It's true. That was actually a real upside of that film, is that there was an answer to their whole The bar is on the floor! Did you spot the unnecessary boobs? No,
1: I wanted to know what you meant.
4: I am not 100% certain they were actually in the film. (laughs) But when I was reading about the movie, doing my research for the historical context, I read about this exhibit that they did at the Smithsonian where they did an exact replica of the room at the end of the movie with the glowing floor and the stupid period piece furniture and one of the paintings on the wall was a naked woman i do remember this there were paintings Uh, yeah uh, (gasps) they really sneak it in there even in a space film with only men and a horny robot it was space that is one thing i
1: was giving this film credit for too yeah i was like when you put them in space then they can't They have sex with a teenage girl. That's true. Because they're away from everybody else. It's kind of the place for them to be is like far away. Yeah. But even so, they managed to bring it back. They didn't. How could they bring a boob into this film? I know. (laughs) They're
4: (laughs) in space. There are no boobs in space. In space, no one can bring a boob. Except for I really was like, no, you're so right. Because every space movie, you're like, literally the definition of being in space is you can't have like skin exposed to space, or you'll, like, turn into a rock or whatever. But they they wouldn't explain a single damn thing about the plot, and yet they found a way to put boobs in space. One small step for man.
1: <laughs> Two boobs for men. <laughs> okay, my final notes are, I was having a great time, and now I'm confused. The end of this meant nothing at all. Yeah, And then finally... If William Shatner comes back as a big baby, I'm going to be so mad.
4: (laughs) And we have a topical joke from Sienna. As you know, William Shatner recently went to space as the oldest man to do it. I hope he does. Oh, me oh my. Shall we move on? Yes, let's move on. This segment is called Badges and Trages, where we award badges for things we think the film did well and trages for parts of the film that were stupid and bad and boring and long and silent and stupid and bad. Liana, would you like to give me some Yes, badges? I will rally through mine quickly. I got a badge for this hot pink furniture. This hot pink bubble furniture, no less. Yes. This is when they're at the Space Station Hotel and he's like, sorry, darling, I'm on the moon. Happy seventh birthday. And everybody's sitting on this fun-ass bubble furniture that looks like the balloon dogs. But if they were chairs.
1: Wait, that was your first badge? Yeah. That was my first badge. Oh my god!
4: Okay, my second badge is a badge for a good butt in teeny tiny white shorts. And then later a badge for... We saw two good butts. The more that are on screen at a time, the happier. And then my last badge, I didn't have many, but my last one was a badge for a very luxe robe. This is when Dave is in his like third iteration of his own self and he's eating his meal. And then he goes to check on if... Other Dave was like breathing at him and he's wearing this gorgeous, like velveteen robe. And I just love a robe moment because I don't have like a good robe right now. And that's something I want in my life. But they're so, they take up so much space and they're expensive. And if you get the wrong one, you're like too sweaty in it. So this looked like a very ideal robe.
1: Some badges for me. I also started
4: with freaky future chairs. <laughs> Bubble furniture, as you said. Apparently that influenced real furniture after this film. The, from this very film? Wow. Yeah.
1: Monochrome suits of the same style. All the men in this future hotel you were talking about, the bad dad was wearing a gray suit with sort of a little bolo tie moment up yeah. at the top. And then the other guy To show
4: he was American.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the other guy who was Russian was wearing the same exact thing, but it was brown. A badge for some fun technology, mostly food related. Mm. A badge for visible panty lines. One of the stewardesses at one point, she's wearing white pants, and there was some slight visible panty lineage. And I support that for some reason. That's like peak feminism to me for myself. Yeah, I'm like, yes, deal with it. A badge for incredibly square sandwiches. Mid-century America did sandwiches like nobody's business. It was perfectly square, baby. This was like a platonic sandwich, all right angles.
2: Platonic
1: sandwich. Badge for little shorts. Badge for general aesthetics, pretty colors, symmetry, etc. Yeah. And badge for, I get it, they at least put some work in. Mm. But, dot dot dot,
4: trages. Yes. Okay, I got a trage for slapping a taper in the face. A monkey slaps a taper in the face. (laughs) It's crazy. A trage for genuinely scary gorilla costumes. A trage for having to watch a child act. I will never enjoy that on screen. I hated that very much. A trage for, are we going to talk about the monkeys ever again? This I wrote down when they were talking about the hibernating doctors dying or when Hal was killing off the doc. I was like, wait a second. This movie started with monkeys. Where did they go? And then finally, a trage for an ugly fetus staring directly at me. That is not anything I've ever wanted or will ever want. I don't think anybody wants that. A fetus to make eye contact with you? What is going on in the ultrasound if that is happening?
1: traj for me. All white guys with brown hair. Yeah. Literally could not tell them apart. Mm -mm. Made this very confusing movie somehow more confusing. Yeah. trag for humans in chimp suits slash monkey suits. Yeah. That actually disturbs me very deeply and I'm going to keep having nightmares about it. Okay. And finally, stupid, stupid, stupid ending. Mm -hmm. I can't with a stupid ending. No
4: patience for it. Okay, Liana. Mm, Yes.
1: Actually. Okay, listeners. Next up is a segment called How to Pretend You've Seen This Film. This is something we'll give to you because I know that when Stanley comes up to you at the library, when you're just trying to enjoy your World War I biography, yeah. and Stanley comes up, he taps you on the shoulder, and he goes, look out there, that's the sky. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but that's where space is. And if there's one thing I love as much as I love space, it's the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. Yeah. Have you seen it? These are some things that you can say to Stanley to
4: get him to shh. Stanley, I'm a little bit British. And yes, of course, I've seen that film. I just, I love any film that starts with a sequence called The Dawn of Man and you get to see someone get quite literally boned. To death.
1: (laughs) Stanley, the rectangular monolith in this film represents not only the four corners of a rectangle, but the four corners of mankind. Corner one, young yet wrinkly. Corner two, eating dinner. Corner three, bald in bed. (gasps) And corner four, a fetus. (laughs) (laughs)
4: That silence, Stanley, was a quote from the film 2001 A Space Odyssey. (laughs) Well, gorgeous segue into our next segment Mm -hmm. called Should You Watch This Or? in which we tell you if we think you should watch this film or if you could do absolutely anything else with your time. Sienna, what would you say? Boy, I could have told you this five minutes in. Mm-hmm. Don't watch this movie.
1: No, 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 no. No matter what's good about this movie, I can say for sure, you shouldn't watch it. No. It's not to be watched. <laughs> <laughs> um the middle part of the movie, like I liked looking at, but I it it's absolutely not worth it. And I'm I'm not gonna do it again. Maybe high. Mm-hmm. What you should do instead is watch. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ah. As we discussed, it has all the things you need. It has little TVs. It has technology. There are the same sort of British men. (laughs) And there is a supercomputer that I think fails to uh, tell them where the
4: chocolate, the golden ticket is. So, I literally have no recollection of a supercomputer. I might be wrong. (laughs) Perfect. I often will do a thing called, should you watch this or should you watch 1917? And oh, baby, we're doing it again. Because this week, this literal week, I had a dream that I was in a bar with several friends and George Mackay was there, but all of my friends ruined it because they very loudly kept saying, Liana, George Mackay is here. (laughs) Anyway, I would say you should, of course, watch 1917. There's not that much dialogue in that movie. It is set in the outdoors, (laughs) (laughs) there's two boys spending time together, coming up against an evil force, which is a German in a plane. His friend dies. His friend dies. But they actually do acting in 1917. There's not necessarily a good butt, but there is a good calf. Because Mark Strong appears calf first in 1917. That is the only thing you see of him for a while. (laughs) And it's good.
1: Also, he sails down the river just like he sails down the sort of beautiful...
4: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Psychedelic lava river. Shoot. Liana, how would you rate this film? How would I rate this film? I'm going to give this one sippable meal out of five. And I would give it one because I wasn't, like, angry the whole time I was watching it. The parts that were psychedelic and whatever, I was like, all right. Like, we have better photos of space now, so I don't really, like, care, but... At least you're not, like, killing a woman. I felt that way a
1: lot about this movie.
4: At least no women got, like, killed or, like, assaulted.
1: Yeah. Um, How about you, Sienna? I'm going to give this movie 0.6 space pod claws out of five. Yeah. And that's because I really liked the middle a lot. Like, I remember feeling good, but that's such a distant memory because everything I hated I hated so much yeah I was so confused it actually has been bringing me to tears oh. no I'm not sad tears of anger yeah yeah I'm glad to do this podcast so I had somewhere to let it out but uh it had to rank low for me I was I was
4: not pleased <laughs> I was very mad I, I really feel like this film shouldn't be on the 100 greatest American movies it should just be on the 100 like Well, they sure did something. Movies. Yeah. All right, everybody. That is it for Tossed Popcorn's episode on 2001, a space odyssey. Space. Space. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please rate us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app and leave a lovely little comment. We'd love to read it. Please and thank you. We're all over social media, at Toss Popcorn, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Join the conversation, our friends.
1: We do memes on Fridays and also... We do memes on Saturdays. Shit. We do memes. Time is relative if I learned anything from this film. That's true. We do memes on Saturdays and also please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And
4: join us next week when we'll be watching... Sunset Boulevard. What? Hollywood? I guess. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, oh, oh.
1: You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast.